Welcome to the Champion Influencer Podcast with Lance Johnson, where top influencers come to master their craft and learn from the online influencers and entrepreneurs in the world today. If you're looking to dominate the competition, build a large social media following, and become an elite influencer, then you've come to the right place. In each episode, guests share their journey to success as an influencer, along with tips, strategies, and actionable steps you can take with you to grow your influence and achieve similar results. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready because it's time to become a champion influencer. Here's your host, Lance Johnson. What is happening, people? My champions, welcome to another episode of Champion Influencer Podcast with your boy, Lance Johnson. I'm really excited because I have a really special guest. His name is Travis Chappell, and he's the founder and host of a top 25 business podcast called Build Your Network. He's interviewed great leaders such as, you may know these guys, Grant Cardone, John Maxwell, and Gary Vaynerchuk. And that's just to name a few. He has a lot more that uh, are definitely notable. And over the years, he's been able to practice what he preached, and, and he's been able to build a great following on his social media, as well as build a, a great network with uh, the help of his website and also his podcast, along with other platforms. He's been, for years now, pushing out great, I would say, valuable content for those who are looking to grow their network and that will grow a network that will lead them towards business success. And so if you're looking to get in connection with those people out there who will push you in the direction that you want to go, this is the podcast episode for you. This is part one of a two-part series, so listen up, stay tuned, and be ready to hear some value from my man, Travis. All right, we have Travis Chappell, and um, he's going to let us know exactly how he can get us to the point to where we need to be in, with our podcast and, and those who are looking to really grow a great, successful podcast as he has done. And um, Travis, you can just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey up until this point as an influencer and an entrepreneur as well. Yeah, thanks for having me on, bro. I really appreciate you um, letting me come on and talk to your audience for a little bit. I know how it is to you know, really carefully select people who you think would be a good fit. So I really oh, for appreciate sure. that. Don't take it lightly. Oh, no problem. Yeah. So kind of a quick overview of my story, just kind of always had that entrepreneurial itch, which to me is kind of just defined as the ability or the inability to listen to authority and uh, he desired to make money. So I just kind of right. combined those, you know, I was just as a kid was always looking for ways to make an extra buck and would uh, would put up put up fights. I wasn't like a rebellious kid or anything, but I, I would put up fights with with teachers if I felt like they were being uh, unreasonable or if I knew that they were wrong for sure. Like I would call them out and stuff like that. So I, I'm sure that they didn't appreciate that too much. But <laughs> can you give um, us an example of that? That is a good question. Okay, you just so stop I, stop the class and you know, like, hey, teacher, this is uh, this is not happening for me. This is what it is. You just <laughs> let them know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had this uh, professor in college, and she was uh, grading uh, grading our tests, and she handed them back to us. And this particular answer on the test, she marked wrong, and I knew that it was right. 
And so I raised my hand. I was just like, hey, is it, shouldn't this be correct? And instead, like, I, I just hated when teachers just wouldn't admit that they were wrong and that they made a mistake. Like, they don't right. have to be all knowing, right? So she was like, no, that's, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. And I was like, no, it's not. And she said, yes, it is. And then moved on. So like she started answering other questions and I looked it up in the book, like in our textbook and then raised my hand again and showed her and was like, it's actually right based on the text. Right. And then she was like, no, and continued to defend her position. And then a week later, she emails the whole class and was like, yeah, sorry, everybody will get credit for that question. It was, uh, it was, it was right. And I was like, well, thank you. And, and, but the thing is she didn't, she didn't email me. She emailed the whole class except for me. And really, then, and then, and then oh, we're doing a pride a, issue. Yeah. No kidding. We're doing a research paper and, uh, our only our class. So she was teaching like two or three composition classes and only our class had to do double note cards during the research paper. So instead of doing like 50 note cards, which was <laughs> typical, she made our class do a hundred. And, uh, so yeah, just random things like that, that I would right. you know do throughout high school and college. But, but yeah, so I was just kind of like, um, uh, for me just in, like I said, inability to listen to authority and also, um, the desire to make some money. And so just, that kind of just took me in elementary school. I would sell these little like creepy crawly bugs that I made at home and, and then in high school, I started my own landscaping business uh, with a buddy of mine, and we started mowing lawns in the summertime and putting in lawns and stuff like that. So when I was uh, my senior year of high school, uh, obviously, we, we we had done a ton of work that summer. So previously, leading up to school, I had landed two sod jobs, like two um, grass installation jobs before school started. And we nice. couldn't do the work on the jobs because we were in school. So we were eight hours of school plus like football practice and different things like that in the fall. And so we didn't have time to do the labor on the jobs. And so I went out and hired a couple of college students to do the work for me. And I remember sitting in class one day doing the math on, on, on how much money I was going to make, obviously not paying attention to what the teacher had to say. And, and, uh, I figured out that I was going to make more money than I was paying the people to do the labor on the jobs. And it was just like a really big aha moment for me to just, to understand the, the importance of creating and building customer relationships and selling, um, right. that, 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 that was a much more valuable skill set than just doing the labor and 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 doing the work for the jobs. And that was actually a scalable skill set. And so that was a really big aha moment for me. So coming into college, I started doing more sales stuff. I got my first job uh, knocking doors, doing door-to-door -door sales in the solar industry. Um, did that for a little bit and then moved, got recruited into the alarm industry. And then after that, got recruited into the water purification industry. And so I did door-to-door -door sales, training, management, all that kind of stuff for about five or six years. Um, and then made the transition to podcasting a couple of years ago. And Travis, that's something that I really want to talk to you about and uh, really share with the audience because Coming from where I, I come from after college for about, you know, th three or four months or so, I went out to Boise, Idaho and went to Portland, Oregon, and I went door to door as well, selling um, selling security systems for Pinnacle Security. And, and yes. so it was, I mean, it was the roughest sales or <laughs> I mean, this, as far as when it comes to experience, it was the, the most raw and rough that I can, I've ever experienced in my life, but it was the most rewarding as far as when it comes to my development and sales and really as a person and when it comes to my communication skills and whatnot, I want to hear what you, um, you've learned from, cause you did six years. And so I would, I would imagine that you're, you would learn a lot more than I did during that, that time that you were going door to door, but letting people know how rough it is going door to door, but also the, um, I guess the learning experience that you had with that. Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh, it, it's, 
got to be one of the toughest forms of sales. And there's, there's three that I think that I would put in that category. Like the most difficult forms of sales would be uh, network marketing, door to door and telemarketing. So those right. three, I would put in like the toughest um, of, of all the sales things that the only thing that makes door to door a little bit more difficult in my opinion than the other two is like network marketing. You're typically talking to warm people, like people that are in your inner For circle, sure. or you're talking to people who are in somebody on your team's inner circle. So like they're at least warm, their referrals, like stuff like that. So it's not totally right. cold. And then in telemarketing, you don't have face to face conversations with people. So like, it's less personal when if somebody hangs up on you, it's a little bit different than somebody slamming the door in your face. So yeah, it hurts a lot more when you get that door slamming your face. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would, <laughs> I would say that it's gotta be the toughest, definitely one of the three toughest. Um, but, but yeah, it, there is no better training for, for life and communication skills than door to door sales, in my opinion. And obviously I'm going to say that because I did so much of it, but oh, uh, I agree with you for sure. I'm sure other people right. have other things to say, but I'm pretty sure John Paul DeJour the uh, the CEO of Paul Mitchell and um, Patron Tequila is worth like six seven billion. He started on door to door for like four or five years, and he recommends uh -huh. everybody to door to door. Brian Tracy, one of the greatest sales trainers of all time, says that kids coming out of high school should spend a year going door to door before they would even go to college. Like, so there's a lot more people that you know say that it's a good practice besides just me, but. <clears throat> I'll tell you the biggest thing for me that it helped with is uh, communication. I've been asking this question a lot, Lance, to people that are coming on my show. Uh, like, hey, what's the number one skill set you think people should really work on? Or what are the top three skill sets or the top two? Right. And one of the ones that kept coming up over and over again that I wasn't expecting is communication. And when I when you really think about it, when it really comes down to it, Almost everything in business comes down to communication. If you're going to be a successful business person, sure. some, it comes down to communication in some way, shape or form. Communication is sales. Like communication is marketing. Communication is networking. Communication is problem solving with your employees, with your customers, like being able to talk to somebody without getting so irate that you blow up and lose business. Like, like th those types of things, like those the emotional intelligence that allows you to communicate in a more effective manner door to door is one of the best trainings for that. Um, so communication. Communication, emotional intelligence, the ability to read people, like even though their mouth might be saying something else, um, right. reading their body language and, and hearing their tonality and understanding that they actually mean something completely different and then getting down and problem solving and figuring out like what exactly is the thing that's holding them back from making this purchase right now. Like those, those types of things are, are just invaluable pieces of information. Um, and I think that a lot of intellectuals don't put as much value on the practice um, a lot of times. And, and I feel that that's um, uh, a, a bad idea in my opinion. Like I know a lot of people who are really smart and they read a lot of books about business and they're still in their thirties or forties and still have never like crossed the six figure mark or let alone the seven figure mark, but they know a lot of stuff, you know, but they just never put it into practice. And so I, I feel like if you're going to do one or the other, I think the practice is actually more important than the knowledge. However, both are super important, which is why I eventually got into podcasting. Cause when I did door to door, I never did any personal development. I was never reading books, still listening to audio, doing podcasts. Uh -huh. Like I didn't do any of that stuff back then, which was a huge mistake in retrospect. However, the experience was just as valuable, if not more valuable in the context of actually being able to read people and communicate properly and more effectively. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of gold right there. And speaking of your, your podcast, as far as with what you've learned, you know, with that entire experience, how did it help you, I guess, when it comes to you getting your podcast to where it's at today? And you if know, you bro, can tell people exactly 
where you are because you've uh, reached quite a level, I feel, when it comes to uh, someone who's been really working on a podcast. Because I feel a lot of people, they start and they quit and they get you know get discouraged or they um, their, their episodes are more sporadic. Or I mean, I've seen it many times where I go and look on somebody's um, – their, their podcast episodes and see the the drop date of uh, an episode and then there'll be a, a maybe a month mm-hmm. or maybe they start out you know and, and quit you know and yep. haven't posted anything for months at a time so how's it, how has that helped you as far as your experience going door to door and um and you really getting to where you're at today with your podcast yeah so let's start with the first part of that uh, the experience in door to door helping the podcast I, I I can't even measure it man like I, I really don't know but I would have to say that it has a lot to do with it people look at what I've been able to accomplish with the podcast in the last year and a half and a lot of people are just surprised by it and just like blown away like how did you do that like what 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 were you doing how, how did you get those people on your show and like in that short period of the time wow that's crazy like all these other things that people uh, have have said to me about about my show. But to me, it's been a lot longer process than a year and a half because the communication, the sales, like the wording that I use in emails and messages, like all those types of things, like the persistence to continue to reach back out to people who initially told me no or completely just ignored me, like all of those things came from five, six years of building skill sets, knocking on doors, like right. thousands of doors. Um, so I, I it, it's really invaluable to me, in, in my opinion, like that that experience door knocking has been so crucial for any successes that I've had post door knocking. So that, that would be the first thing that I would say. And, and by the way, like there's a, there's a huge different, there's a huge difference in the rejection between door to door and podcasting <laughs> because door to door, like I'm knocking on Joe Schmo's door down the street who, you know, like works at Lowe's as a cashier or something. And I'm not bashing on that job or anything, but I'm saying like, it's just somebody like, I don't know who right. he is. He doesn't know who I am. We have no prior connection to each other. Like, I'm not trying to like learn from him and be someone that he mentors. Like none of like, I'm just like, I'm trying to do my job and like get a sale and add value to a customer. Like that's my job. So when someone like that rejects you, it's a little bit different than when you're in podcasting and you're reaching out to like literal heroes of yours in the business world and influencers that you would love to rub shoulders with and spend time with and be mentored by. And like those people who, who you've been looking up to for so long and you finally get the courage to reach out and, and then like silence. crickets, like, yeah. like totally ignoring <laughs> or oh, yeah. just saying, no, your show is not big enough. No, hit me up in another couple of years when you have over a hundred episodes or when you uh, have exceeded this amount of downloads, like, like those rejections. Rejections hurt so much more than any of those people that told me to get the F off their porch and slam the door in my face, you know, like, like it's just a completely different type of rejection. But I think that the experience that I had prior to any of this was um, invaluable in allowing me to continue to move past those no's and be persistent and continue to get the yeses um, from the people who eventually have come on the show. Um, So I think that's the first part of that question. And what was the second part of that question? Pretty much why did you start your podcast and, you know, okay. Cool. So I, at, at the end of 2015, uh, I was coming up on, that was the best year of my door to door career up to that point. I was 22, 23 and 22. I forget. Anyway, <laughs> I was end of 2015. I think I turned 23 that year. So 22 to 23 in August. And I finally pulled over six figures. So I had my first six, six figure year in 2015. And you would think at that time that I'd be like stoked and ready to go crush another year. But I, I've always just been a really long-term thinker. And so when, when I sat there and looked at what the potential was, where I was at, 
Um, I, I, there was my first year in the, in that particular company. It was in, it was in door to door alarms. It was my first year in that company and I was already the second highest paid rep in the whole office. So out of like 35 sales reps, my first year in, I was number two in the whole office. And the guy that out, the guy that beat me worked literally twice the amount of hours. I was pretty lazy back then. Like I would, I would work like three hour days, four hour days. And I would just go out when people were home between like four o'clock in the evening to seven o'clock in the evening. And I would go sell a deal and come back home. And, uh, and that was pretty much my schedule. Like I would wake up in the morning, I would go to the gym, play some video games, do whatever I really wanted to do, and then go out for three or four hours at night. The guy that beat me was working like nine o'clock, eight, 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 nine o'clock in the morning to noon going business to business and selling commercial accounts. And then he would eat lunch and then he would would go from like one to six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock selling residential. So he was just like way outworking me. But right. like when I, when I examined that, I was like, wait a second. So if I kill myself and work 10 hour days, knocking doors and going business to business next year, like he had only beat me by 10, 15%. So the, even if I double my work effort, I'm only going to increase by 15, 20%, maybe 30%. Um, and I'm 22, I'm 23 years old. So that was like a huge thing for me because I was so afraid of hitting a ceiling already. And I was like, so even if I stay here for the next decade, the most I would be able to make is maybe like 150 a year. And that was super scary to me. Right. So. And, and this is think this is you thinking long term of what you want, you know, Correct. five, 10 years from now. Right. Exactly. Gotcha. Like, I know I want to make, I want, I know I want a seven figure year before I'm, this is what I'm thinking at the time. Like, I know I want a seven figure year before I'm 30. This is not going to get me there. If I keep doing this, I will never get to that point. So I have to make a pivot. So coming off the best year of my life, had a fantastic time that year, met a lot of great people. We had a lot of fun. We partied a lot. We made a lot of money, like all that kind of, it was, it was a really fun <laughs> year, you know? So like yeah. most people as, especially as a 23 year old coming off a year like that, most people are like, all right, let's do this again. But for me, it was just like, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm stuck. Like I, I don't want to hit this ceiling. So instead of going, jumping right back into it, I actually stopped completely. And I, I, uh, for the first time in my life jumped into personal development. And if you know me, you know how weird it is because prior to 2016, I maybe had read like 10 books total in my whole life from like cover to cover, maybe like that's, that might be an exaggeration. And that includes four years of college and four years of high school and all the books that I was supposedly, <laughs> hey, oh my God. Like, hey, like supposed to, to have read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I mean, for myself, I look back on college. I read a lot more. I've read a lot more books after college. Than oh my before, gosh. Before, I mean, it's not even close. Not, not even during college. Compared, no, like I've read I, more books the first two months of this year than I have my entire college life. Yeah, 100%. And, and those were assignments that I like said I read. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I would do enough to to get by and get the grade that I needed to move on rather than, you know, yeah. really soak it in and read it. But now it's um, see it as more of a hobby and almost like something that is something I love to do that helps me in business. But I didn't have that same love back in college. Nope. I just read, read to get by because I because I had to. But now it's. It's so beneficial. It's something that I definitely love because it helps. It's been helping me in so many ways in business for the past, you know, eight years or so since I graduated college. But I mean, I'm right there with you. And man, yeah. but but as far as when it comes to your podcast, where are you now? And um, where do you see where do you see the what kind of future do you have for it as far as like your master plan? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, just to finish off that that other story really quick, and then I'll jump. Oh, yeah, into for sure. That. So I, I basically, for the first time ever, just started jumping into personal development and read books, listen to audio, watch YouTube videos, listen to podcasts for like five, six months. I, that's like really all that I did. And we we had some money in the bank, cashed out on a real estate deal. My wife was working again. I was at a really like low point trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And then during that time, I started listening to podcasts and started thinking like, man, I think this might be something I'd like have a lot of fun doing. And I think like I, I was really trying to do something where it was like, Hey, look, even if this is a complete and utter failure and I never make any money off of it, will I still be happy that I did it? And podcasting was a yes for me. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go in all, I'm going to go all in on this podcasting thing. And that's, that's when I did it. So that nice. was, that's I just, I decided to do a podcast like September of 2017, but everything in me was telling me no, 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 <laughs> or, or excuse me, that was September 2016. <laughs> And so I didn't actually take action toward that goal and hire a coach until February 2017. And then I didn't actually launch until August 2017. So almost a full year. So like my biggest regret is not just starting it as soon as I knew I wanted to do it. So if you're out there and you're thinking, man, should I, I think I should start a podcast, like do it right now. Like don't wait, don't keep pushing it back because the longer you wait, the, the more you could have been just been podcasting the right, whole time, for sure. the more experience you could have had. Like you could have been at episode 75 instead of episode 32. Like you like just get started better done than perfect. Um, but I, I, so I went out and hired a coach and then I got some mentorship from uh, a really big mentor of mine and, uh, launched in August of 2017. So now, uh, coming back a year and a half later, um, now it is, uh, we're at episode, I think we released episode two thirty two yesterday. Um, really? Wow. So, yeah. So a year and a half, we've been putting out three episodes a week and cranking out content for the past almost a uh, year and a half now. And, uh, man, I got, got, got big plans for the future and I'm excited to see what, uh, what comes of it. And, oh, I'm officially full time as well. As of October, I stopped doing everything else that I was doing for all of last year. And I'm focused full time on, on the podcast. All right, champions. Part one of this interview will be ending right now. And so you can just jump over to the next episode to continue listening to this interview with Travis Chappell. for listening to the Champion Influencer Podcast. Visit our website, championinfluencer.com. Until next time, be great champions.